Good morning! Wrestling Inc. Wake on up. Happy hump day. It is a big news day today. And we are going to throw it down. It is me, your managing editor, Nick Hausman, joined here as I am every Wednesday by my good buddy, Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkly. Good to be back. Yeah, I had to uh, I had to give this one the big, the big, the big entrance this morning because we got a huge amount of news to get here to today. What a powerful 24 hours it was. So before we get to that, the meat of that, we got some potatoes too. And these are no small potatoes. We got big beefy potatoes here for you today because we got two interviews that you guys are going to love after Justin and I talk the news here in just a second. The first one we're going to play right after the news is with a man who was integral to All In Success. He'll be at StarCast 2 doing his DDPY seminar the, the morning of Double or Nothing. We're going to talk to him later. It is DDP. Diamond Dallas Page is going to be on this show today. Also, like I said, guys, big potatoes here. Right after DDP, we are going to have the current Impact Wrestling Knockouts Champion, Taya Valkyrie. She'll be on this show here today talking about her win over Jordan Grace at Rebellion, uh, being the Knockouts Champion, and how she could personally be seeking vengeance against Brian Cage for taking away her husband, Johnny Impact's title. So great interview, guys! interviews, guys. Can't wait to air them for you here later in the show. But of course, like I said, news you can use, news that'll leave a bruise. And if this one doesn't, you must be made of metal because AEW dropped a bomb this morning. They have officially partnered with Warner Media. They are going to be straight. They are going to be airing live weekly matches on TNT in primetime later this year. Uh, they'll be working with the BNR Live app, which is owned by Warner Media. It's going to be streaming double or nothing. There will also be a, a pay-per-view streaming option. Not entirely clear if that'll be for double or nothing or for future pay-per-views, but it was mentioned in there. But we do know that the buy-in pre-show that'll be happy before double or nothing is going to air live on all Warner Media and AEW social platforms. There it is, Justin. What was your thought about the big announcement here this morning about AEW and T- TNT? Well, they check every box. You know, um, up to this point, you know, those who have been, you know, you know, a little questioning, like, oh, why are we talking so much about AEW? They don't even have a TV deal yet. Well, there you go. Now they have, now they have a major TV deal. They have a streaming service. They have a, a pay-per-view model, it seems. Um, so they, they check all the boxes. It's TNT prime time. Uh, I don't think they're going to be ballsy enough to go head to head with uh, WWE on a Monday or Friday, <laughs> even know. though Friday. Even though Friday is only going to be short term, is the way the Fox keeps talking. Uh, Tuesdays on TNT is basketball, so that kind of makes you believe, you know, Wednesday or Thursday is where they might land. Or Monday. Look, you know, <laughs> TNT stoked the flames literally. They released the AEW logo with like the classic Nitro Flame background gif on Twitter this morning. And immediately when I saw that, I thought, Monday Nitro, Monday night, Monday night. Is that where we could be potentially headed with this? You know, how much bigger could this thing get? Well, I'll say this. Um, when, you know, when WCW, I mean, you know, like, look, it, 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 if things stay the same and WWE come that come that time in the fall, you know, if we're still dealing with, you know, talking about, you know, viewership down and, and, and you know, talent unhappy and, and, a lot, and if, if the same if the same situation is going on. I mean, it would be an opportunistic time to go right head to head and say, look, don't worry about wasting your eight o'clock or nine o'clock uh, on a Monday night with that. We got something right here for you on the same night. I mean, it's possible. Anything is possible. I mean, it, you know, but um, we'll have to wait and see. But I mean, again, they check all the boxes. 
And uh, yeah, I, I saw that. I retweeted that uh, that that tweet from TNT with the with the, the flames behind it, yeah. and uh, uh, you know, segueing from the flames. This is this is heating up. Oh man, it's gonna be big. Now, I was a little surprised that they didn't go the full distance with this press release and uh, give us the day and the time that they're going to be airing. But you know, the the upfronts are literally going on. I think as we're we're speaking right now, so they they could be now they could be announcing that right now. But uh, or maybe they're just they're just waiting. Um, I will say. On the on the dollars and cents side of this, what this deal structurally could mean, uh, I was asking around this morning. You know, I I used to um, do the where I still kind of sometimes work with the World Arm Wrestling League, which uh, is on BNR Live. That's where they do their streaming. That's where they do their broadcast for events. Um, the way that the WAL uh, the way the WAL content is structured on the BNR Live app is you know they have their own vertical right uh, i get the impression that cuz time warner or warner media bought be it bleach report like last year about a year ago right and i get the uh, bo- it, was long, it, was a, it was longer than i was with bleach report when the when it happened it was like uh it was like 5 years ago 4 or 5 years ago okay but the bleach report live app i think is maybe i'm getting my my facts crossed here a little bit but i think the bleach report live app here only launched about a, a year or so ago um, that is correct. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So this is still uh, this is still a fairly new app, a toy for Warner Media here. They've been really trying to develop the different verticals by signing broadcasting deals with really uh, major entities. You know, they got they got into arm wrestling. They're obviously into basketball. Right. Uh, there's a couple other vertical sports uh, entities that they are uh, in line with there, and um, this all goes back from from what I gather here to get more people to sign up for BNR Live. I could foresee. Oh, Justin, are you there? Oh, you're there. You there, Justin? I'm here. Okay, Sorry. yeah. No, that's fine. I could foresee um, the AEW doing their live show on TNT and then doing maybe replays or streaming previous shows on the BNR Live app. Now, also with the BNR Live app, they can charge for people to watch content a la carte. So, Double or Nothing will be on the BNR Live app. That doesn't mean it will be free, it will probably still be. Uh, you still probably will have to pay for it like you would a, an iPay-per-view. Um, but this way, then, they can entice more people to come to the Bleacher Report live app, more pro wrestling fans to get in on that content and possibly be a Trojan horse for those fans to discover more Bleacher Report live content. And in a, in a big way here, I think AEW is kind of serving in, in, in Warner Media's favor here and developing a bridge away from a traditional broadcast TV model to helping to get over, to use a wrestling term, their new uh, OTT streaming platform. Um, and it's a different model here than the WWE Network. I could foresee in a, you know, maybe a year or so them doing a flat fee. You can get either all the AEW content or all the Bleacher Report live content. But right now it's all a la carte uh, in, in the BR live uh well and let's all, and let's also not forget you know we keep saying br we keep talking about bleach report is obviously you know bleach report what it started with is is its print content and it's you know coverage of major sports and again i i used to be with them and they they covered WWE heavily still do WWE um will you know f- uh, provide them interviews and press releases and let them you know help break stories as they do with some other major media well now aew i mean so that, you know aew partner with warner media and having all this distribution from for the 
for the visuals for the show, it also now, you know, you now, you know, presumably Bleacher Report's going to have to add a, a button. So now it's not just the WWE section, but there's probably going to be an AEW section now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this, 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 this provides, you know, I mean, obviously wrestling sites like Wrestling Inc., you know, are going to cover AEW, but this just provides one more major national outlet that's also going to be covering it. Yeah, does ESPN have a pro wrestling tab now? Is it no longer just the, I guess you can't just have a WWE tab on your, on your big website now because it's not all encompassing of what's really going on, you know? Yeah, I mean, when I again, when I was there, and I, I'll be honest, I haven't gone to Bleach Report, and I can't, you know, I, I don't visit regularly. But when I was there, it we it was just the WWE button, and then I think in a drop, I think in a drop down for the WWE button, there was TNA or there was some subsection, but WWE was what on the main bar was what was identified. It wasn't pro wrestling, so yeah. Now, I mean, uh, you know, again, now it's now we all, you know, we've often wondered, all of us, you know, people like you and I who, you know, in this age of of podcasting and and, and just the state of where day to day. WWE and wrestling coverage is, you know, I know we've always kind of hypothetical, you know, thought about, wow, what would it be like if we had these jobs back in 1996 and 97, 98, when the war, when the Monday night war was in full force? Well, I mean, we might be able, we might be taking, the, you know, the time travel, what, you know, what's, 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 what goes around, comes around, what's old is what's, is what's new. It, 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 it might be happening. Yeah. Well, on that note, WWE co-president George Barrios was asked if AEW is competition at the 47th annual J.P. Morgan Global Technology Media and Communications Conference in Boston. Had to write that all down. What a word garble. Barrio said things like sleep, Fortnite, and Kung Fu are all competition to WWE because they are competition for people's attention. So in that regard, uh, yeah, AEW is competition too. It's just like sleep, Justin. It's just like sleep. Uh, he welcomed yeah. a- he welcomed AEW to the game. I think this was done in about as polite a way as possible here. Uh, but, you know, obviously, like they say, they view AEW as competition. That has now been said out loud by the co-president of WWE. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the best answer they can give. And that's been the standard answer they've given for, you know, when people asked, is TNA competition to them? You know, I mean, that they've been given this answer for the last 10 years of, you know, that everything, you know, everything that's on television, everything, you know, is competition vying for attention. So, I mean, that's that's the that's the most diplomatic way they can say it without making it, without giving AEW that much more credibility by saying, yeah, AEW, they're coming on strong. I mean, that's that's the best polite way you can say it. Well, the other thing I wanted to bring up when we were ta- since we're talking about the, uh, I'll go back a half step here. I forgot to bring this up with the BR Live uh, streaming option with with AEW. Um, there was that report out there before about how uh, AEW could potentially be in, like buying uh, a primetime slot or something like that. I think this throws that uh, theory completely out the window because I can't imagine AEW paying for primetime and then also allowing their content to stream on a BNR Live app that is owned by Warner Media. I would have to believe that there's some kind of, you know, they're getting some kind of fee or or break on on all of the the monetization that's going on here. Because I mean, Warner Media here is essentially moving into the pay per view business for the AEW model here on on top of the broadcast model. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I would tend to agree with you. I don't think they're paying for time. I think they're either. You know, I think they're getting something. And of course, they're not publicly traded. Uh, you know, they're not like WWE, so we don't necessarily. We, we may not never know what you know, what they're getting out of these weekly or out of their weekly programming. But yeah, I would agree with, with that. I think that this, uh, this model announcement kind of uh, null and voids any discussion or speculation that they were going to have to uh, pay to get themselves on TV, which, you know, and I, and I can't just, they've, I just can't see Tony Khan and, and those guys thinking that would be a smart financial thing to do is to out the gate to try to pay to get prime time. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and uh, lastly, here in the world of AEW, uh, referee Earl Hebner has officially joined AEW. Uh, they have also signed, our AEW has also signed former Ring of Honor referee Paul Turner and former NXT referee 
Aubrey Edwards, who was the second female referee ever in NXT. So referee announcements, Justin, from AEW. The closing. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Earl Hebner thing kind of falls in line with some of the other thing, you know, like the Jim Ross comes some some nostalgia and, you know, I, I don't know how. I mean, obviously, I don't know if Earl Hebner is as recognizable to the average per- person as Jim Ross's voice and, 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 and such. But, you know, yeah, I mean, Hebner is around. And again, it's just, a, you know, it's one more, th- you know, it's one more kind of like, you know, just one more piece of, you know, kind of get wrestling. Oh, look, Earl Hebner's back. He's going to be competing against WWE. I mean, again, I know Earl was with TNA, but I mean, I think we can all kind of already agree, you know, no, no disrespect to TNA, just, just given the reality here, AEW is already appearing to, to, you know, they're going to off the ground running, be more of a credible threat and have more stability and more just, just general organization than, than what, than what TNA did at its best days. And, you know, if I was Cody, I wouldn't let Earl, be the referee for my match with my brother Dustin because that's an attitude era ref right there, and uh, I think uh, the, the it might be uh, the fix might be in. I guess is what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not joking. That actually might be some kind of story they can jump in. I'm not saying necessarily with that match, but they could even you know they could even play something where like you know they're starting to notice that you know Earl's being kind of crooked and, and maybe there's a I, I don't know. I mean the the, the it, it, it you know we hear about how things are so handcuffed in WWE creatively because at the end of the day because it's all one man. Um, and Vince, you kind of, you know, that's, that's, that's one of the fun things about AEWs. You kind of feel like, man, you know, anything's kind of possible because they seem willing to try things. Yeah, no. And I, I throw that out there. And of course, when I think of Earl Hebner, I mean, how do you not think of the screw job and all of the spinoff storylines that have happened, uh, in the, in the waning days since then. But I, I don't think they're going to have Earl be a part of a story right out of the gate, at least. No, uh, no, not, not right yeah. out of the gate. No, Just... yeah. you want to get him over as a legitimate referee capable of calling down the middle. Um, on the uh, Edge and Christian podcast, actually one more quasi AEW note here. Ty Dillinger said he was offered a substantial raise by WWE before he decided to leave, but he cited unhappiness uh, with creative and a general loss of passion for his job as reasons for leaving, um, which is, of course, a trope we've heard uh, a couple times recently from talent just being uh, anxious backstage. I would be very surprised if we don't see Ty Dillinger in AEW. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think, uh, I, and I think also to be, you know, I mean, I think, you know, he, he has really relationships with the people that are there at AEW and also <clears throat> to be realistic, you know, I don't think, um, I don't think if you're him, because I mean, granted, you know, cause like, look, Ty Dillinger, you know, it's not like Ty Dillinger was ever a main event in anywhere. It's not like his, you know, his, his, his name value. It's not like he knew that he'd go to the Indies and be, you know, grabbing, you know, what we would think like, you know, for Dean Ambrose type of money. I, I think if you're if you're in a position that he was, you know, f- to turn down significant more money, um, you would only do so if you truly. F- I mean, you know, yeah, there's there's a certain thing about you know just being happy and ha- you know money doesn't buy happiness. Uh, and if you know if he was losing the passion for his job, I get that. But again, I, I think just you know if if you got to support yourself, and I don't know if he has a family or what his deal is, but you don't turn down a significant amount of money unless you feel pretty confident that there's something you know probably about equally as good waiting for you not too far off so you know you know he was he was one of the first of the string of guys after the AEW press conference I believe if my timeline's correct after that big press conference that was the official reveal in Jacksonville he was one of the first guys that you know we know that we heard that was unhappy and that that wasn't going to be sticking around so I, I don't I don't think that's coincidental timing that he probably knew something that he you know would have a job an opportunity waiting for him man Ty Dillinger John Moxley CM Punk I like new NWO New NWO could be a lot of fun. 
you know, here's a little fun. This, this, this is just complete, just, you know, means nothing, but just kind of fun. You know, again, how wrestling kind of, you know, when you match things up, uh, somebody was asking me on social media this morning, you know, saying how like, you know, AEW needs like a big kind of like a Hogan splash, like what WCW had. And they asked about ages and they mentioned CM Punk. Well, Hulk Hogan was uh, just shy of 41 when he joined WCW. CM Punk will be turning 41 this October. Oh, there you go. You know what? While we're doing all the Hogan stuff uh, with CM Punk, Bring back Thunder in Paradise, starring CM Punk. I'd be for it. That boat was awesome. They dropped a jet ski out of the back of it. Were you a big Thunder in Paradise person? I only remember one episode of that was a blonde hair sting without his face paint. I think he was something. Uh, he, he he was some kind of he was gonna like blow up a boat. I think one of my favorite scenes from Thunder in Paradise, <laughs> while we're talking about it, is they had to go through some like underground tunnel, right underwater. It was like a water tunnel underwater to get out of wherever they were escaping. And Hulk Hogan just like took a big plastic bag and like filled it with air and then like just swam underwater and would like stick his head in the bag and breathe. And then he sw- he kept just, he got all the way out. And I was like that, I don't know if that works or not, but that's super smart what he did there, you know? Anyway. I can't believe, I can't believe you actually have a category of some of your favorite moments of Thunder in Paradise. Dude, I was a, I was a child of the Attitude Era, full, full, full on. Thunder in Paradise, Silk Stockings, hold, uh, the, whole, the, whole ten, the whole nine yards. I was Let's not leave out La Femme Nikita. I think she was a little bit before uh, Attitude Era. But... Oh, man. I still haven't interviewed Duke the Dumpster Drossy. I got to get him on here. I'd love to talk to Duke. He was such a memorable I have, pi- I have pictures of me at 10 years old with Duke the Dumpster Drossy. Yeah? Cool. Well, let's see, if, yep. let's see if we can get him now with you as a 30-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> Recreate the photos. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Moving on past some AEW news. Of course, the other big news here in the past 24 hours, WWE uh, has responded to the controversial comments of Lars Sullivan. Here's the full statement they put out. WWE supports a culture of inclusion, regardless of gender, race, religion, or sexual sexual orientation, and we are committed to embracing all individuals as demonstrated by the diversity of our employees, performers, and fans worldwide. Dylan Miley, a.k.a. Lars Sullivan, will be fined $100,000 and required to complete sensitivity training for offensive commentary uncovered from his past. WWE will also facilitate meetings for Dylan with community organizations to foster further discussion around the power of social media and the impact of your words. So, you know, they said all the right things here. Um, What is the account? I guess the only question here that I keep hearing from people is what is the accountability to ensure that all of this actually happens, I guess, you know? Well, I mean, there's none necessarily. I mean, this is they don't normally ever make public fines. I mean, I you know, I guess one of the best things they could do they could, is if they just turned around and then donated a hundred thousand dollars to uh, some cause or or, or sure. community that may, might have been offended by what he did say. Correct. Um, just to show, like, well, okay, here's where the money went, so to speak. Um, you know, I'll say this though. I mean, again, if if this is legit, again, I don't know if there's any way that we can, you know, them as a public company, if there's any way that they, this can be documented or found. But, you know. I mean, maybe he if he pays us hundred thousand dollars, maybe it's an you know, maybe it's I don't know if it's an installments over time, because think about this. He you know, Lars Sullivan just got to the main roster. Uh, so, you know, I mean, one hundred thousand dollars for somebody who might have just started making around six figures uh, and who's been in in their developmental for five or six years. If he has to pay that all in one upfront sum like right now, that's that's actually pretty, pretty significant to the finances. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, it's like, how do how do we get to this hundred thousand dollars? I heard that from somebody else earlier today. Like, why don't they just donate a hundred thousand dollars to the NAACP, you know, to at least create a paper trail of where that money went? I, I think that would be a, a fantastic idea. Um, you know, I, I look, the guy the guy obviously should incur some punishment here. All a lump sum. 
overtime, however you want to do the hundred thousand dollars, the latter part of this stuff about have him going to you know meetings about this and, and working with com- community organizers. Uh, I I, I want to see how much of that actually happens. You know, they do so much covering charity work for for WWE superstars anyway. If this guy's actually out there doing a lot of very good stuff with Boys and Girls Club or whoever else, um, then I, I want to see that. You know, I want to see it play out. It would be the other way that I think that we could have some accountability in this situation. You know, but it might be tough to see that right now as they're trying to build this. You know, they're they're trying to build his character and kind of keep a little bit of mystique. So it might be tough to show that kind of stuff right now to show him out of character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. You, you know, one other thing, I said this to Raj and Matt Morgan last night on the post SmackDown, and I'm dead serious about this and just curiosity. Who, because it's not you know like when we've seen wrestlers and people you know say things on their on their verified Twitter accounts, and okay, it's very easy to find it and find stuff. Are like this was under this was under some screen name on a bodybuilding message board, much of it a decade old. Who the hell found this? Yeah, and unearthed this. You know, but that's the thing is, you know, telephone, tell a friend, tell a wrestler. You know, I think it's just grapevine here. Somebody knew about it. Somebody told somebody else. And it just kind of slowly leaked out. I mean, I remember before this guy uh, debuted on the main roster thinking I had heard stuff about this. But since it had never been, like, verified, I, I didn't really ever know what to make of it. You know, but yeah, that, this this yeah. this was this was this was slowly surfacing at the end of last year once Lars was being teased to come to to, to Raw or SmackDown, yeah. and then it kind of just died down. And then the reason it amped back up was because when somebody asked Big E about it on Twitter, and Big E acknowledged it, and that kind of like confirmed, okay, it's out there, and that, that's then that's when really when this has took a life of its own. I gotta think this attributed to why he had to walk away for the time that he did there. I mean, he had to know that this this firestorm was coming. I thought it was. Interesting on SmackDown last night, they didn't bring him out in front of the live crowd, kept him backstage for a real brief vignette. Uh, you know, I don't know what the reaction is like when he goes out in front of a live crowd for the first time, especially on a, and this last night was a pre-tape. You know, they could have maybe gotten away with a, a little bit there. You know, the next time we see him well, on TV, he's going to be live in front of a crowd. There's very little room to hide there. Well, well, but it's not like they need him to. They don't want him to be cheered anyway. So that right. at least that's the, at least it's not a baby face they're trying to get over. Or the baby, you know, the baby face that made these. I mean, you know. So I mean, if he gets, you know, he he might get booed for for different reasons. But it's all it's all going to come off as as sounding like he's getting good heat on TV. So yeah, I guess, no, uh, or I don't know. Are signs in the audience, fans? You know, if they want to, you know, I don't. Yeah, WWE's pretty good about. I mean, WWE's pretty good about you know making sure an AEW sign isn't seen. I don't think we're going to see anything like you know Lars is a racist. No. Or anything. Well, we we will say, hey, look, don't ever discount the uh, the power of the uh, WWE universe. There, they've come up with some pretty uh, wild chants in the past that we never thought would make it to air. You know, that that is true. That is true. I don't know. I just just I, I know I said a little bit of this yesterday. I mean, again, what, what he said obviously is wrong, but at the same time, I mean, it was a long it was a long time ago. I know that I'm sure that I said something ten years ago that I would definitely want want to take back or have matured from. So I just. This just sets a, dang- a dangerous person. I-, I do feel bad on that regard for this guy. Again, he said what he said. He has to own it and has to deal with it. But and hopefully he has grown up since. But yeah, I don't know. Th- th- this is just a this is a real, real sticky situation. Yeah. So uh, we shall see that the, it is out there now. That the road to redemption does seem to be painted here by WWE and Lars Sullivan. It'll be his to to walk it and and make good with the. Uh, with the world, honestly. So uh, moving on here, SmackDown Tag Team Champions Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan will defend the they will defend the SmackDown Tag Team Championships against Raw's the Usos on the Money in the Bank kickoff show. Hmm. What do you make of that? Wild card. <laughs> it was cool seeing Roman and the Usos next to each other on SmackDown. I did like that. 
Um, it, it was, but I, don't, I feel like WWE doesn't make a big enough deal of that when they do have these guys together. I mean, they, they're like a natural, obviously they're family and they're, and they're a natural, they're a natural fit together. They, if they have chemistry, it comes off normal. You know, it comes, you know, it's, it, 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 it's the best, it's the best two people to be with Roman next to Ambrose and Rollins in terms of chemistry and in terms of it feeling good. I feel like WWE just kind of glosses over that. And it's always emphasis on Roman. They don't make as much about the, the family connection or something about them together, but. Yeah, well, I mean, it was good to see. Uh, wrestling comes at you so fast these days. Money in the Bank is the first pay-per-view since WrestleMania, correct? Correct. Uh, is this the quickest fall from a world title match at WrestleMania to the kickoff show we've ever seen in Daniel Bryan here? Uh, I mean, probably, if you, if you, if you look at it like that. Um, yeah, probably. It's so bizarre to me. This guy was in, like, one of the, the the main events of WrestleMania this year, and here he is in the kickoff well, show with well, Eric Rowan against the Usos, who well, also to be to, yeah. to be fair, though, in that, uh, you know, the, he it's also, you know, he went from being top of the singles heap at WrestleMania to then he just completely switched to over to being in a, in a brand-new tag team, so to speak. Uh, right. So, I mean, you know, there's that. It's not like he's in a singles match on the kickoff. No, it's well, but I mean, it's. I'm surprised. But you know, Usos... but you know what I mean. But, but, but the way you but you're posing the question, has there ever been a quicker fall of like, you know, title holder main event uh, or title match at you know, at WrestleMania than kickoff show the next pay per view? Rarely do we see somebody go from being a world title holder at WrestleMania and then in a tag team six weeks later. Yeah, it, it's 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 just weird to me. Especially and the Usos too. And also, what if the Usos? And I doubt they would. But what if they won here? Do you take the SmackDown tag titles over to Raw? Is that the is that the hook here? I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any much of any chance. You know, go on WrestleRumble.com and make your bets. I don't think there's any chance of uh, much chance of Usos winning this. So none of the titles are really brand exclusive anymore because if you can get one of the four wild cards for the week, you could take your title to the other brand and give them the opportunity to take a title for their brand, right? Nic- Nicholas, if you were to ask Vince to write down the rules of the wild card, uh, I don't think he could. I don't think they're, I don't, I, they're making this up as they go. So sure. Yes. I would if I was the general man. Well, they don't have general managers anymore. It's just the McMahon overarching uh, uh, um, whatever uh, government. And uh, they they uh, they're just, they're ruling on everything. I would make a rule where they, you know, the champions shouldn't be allowed to be part of the, they should be exempt from the wild card. Of anybody, they should be exempt from the wild card to protect the, the titles of the respective brands and keep them separate, you know? Yeah, yeah, but that but that then takes away almost the whole point of the, the wild card is to then get star power on each show, and I'm sure they're going to want some of their stars who are title holders to be on certain shows. So. I almost guarantee this conversation was had in the creative room in the past week or so. It just sounds so real. Um, the wrestling, <laughs> the wrestling observer is reporting that Braun Strowman is working with some kind of an injury. He noted he is wearing a, uh, it was noted he is wearing a black band on his arm. So the injury could be a bicep, maybe a tricep injury. Uh, his removal from money in the bank, uh, the match had nothing to do with the injury. The injury is not bad enough that he's going to take any time off. And they also uh, noted here that there is some heat on Braun Strowman. We're botching a few spots in the WrestleMania 36 Andre the Giant Battle Royal finish, which he eventually went on to win. Um, well, a couple things here. But first, I thought the the Battle Royal was fine. You know, um, I don't really know what he screwed up there. But, you know, you mentioned there was Well, the, the, if you actually – it's funny you said this. I actually went back and watched um, – was that yesterday or two days ago? Because okay. I, I, admittedly, I was, you know, I was there for the Battle Royal, but I was, you know, just still getting comfortable in my seat and, and, and bothering Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> um 
actually i did go back there there are some things you can catch if you watch um that he you can tell he he wasn't in sync with and i, I know one thing that i i think i think um i, I don't know if Har- i don't know if luke harper did an interview or sorry if this was in a report but there was i remember something about like the, the, the elimination of harper and ali was kind of dangerous and actually it was if you go back and look luke harper is on the apron picks ali up it has him for a vertical suplex like like british bulldog style and then Braun and Braun was they, they did the first time and Braun missed the cue to come over and eliminate them. So they kind of just, you know, you know, tussled and bought time until they got Braun's attention. Then they do it a second time. He has uh, Harper has Ali vertical. Braun comes and gives a big boot um, to Harper, which is then supposed to eliminate both of them. But he just comes in 110 miles per hour and hits Harper so hard that Harper had to really do some adjusting in midair to make sure that Ali didn't didn't go flying into the first row. Uh, so, I mean, there are things actually, cause I was interested cause I kept hearing this, as you just said, I kept hearing and I was like, all right, I gotta go back and see what he did. And you can, if you watch, okay. um, there's some things you can tell that Braun, you know, he was not, he was not, he was not on his mark. Okay. Yeah. And that was the spot then too, where Ali would have, uh, I guess because of the momentum rolled face first into the corner of the announce table. Right. Yeah. Well, and they still, so yeah. So, so Harper did a good job protecting Ali and making it. So Ali, I mean, Ali still came down, you know, less than ideally, you know, but but Harper actually then smacked his head off of the announce table because he kind of sacrificed himself and because he's, you know, a foot taller than Ali. I got it. I got it. Um, okay. Well, there you go. Braun Strowman hurt people. That's why he's got heat on him. Uh, fair enough. Uh, but this other stuff here, you know, working injured, um, you know, they've got a different creative direction here. I would guess him and Sami Zayn are going to probably see some action ahead of them here. Um, but I, I kind of use this story... Uh, as a lead, and I'm going to skip down here. I meant to put these two stories next together. Uh, Variety did an interview with uh, Vince McMahon here where he was asked about the hectic work schedule of WWE superstars, uh, you know, the, the, the issues that were brought up in the John Oliver special. And he said that anybody who wants time off can get time off. That's easy. In addition to that, it's easy to weave a talent in and out of a storyline. If they get injured, you're not expecting that. Or if they have a family mem- or if they have a family matter. Our characters are real people, and they have real problems when i hear a story about like braun working injured here you know i would i would personally if i'm like beat up enough to have a report out there about that i would take you know a little time off here to heal my body up but again that would contradict what vince mcmahon just said in the statement here well vince mcmahon's statement also contradicts what cm punk said happened six years ago (laughs) (laughs) of his health Uh, but uh uh, i I don't know i mean this is this is obviously uh i mean I mean, think I mean, about look, it, it, it. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. It, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, WWE, Vince does very few interviews. Um, you know, uh, I mean, how interrogate, how, 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 how much interrogation did, do you expect? This it was a variety. Um, how, how much interrogation do you expect variety to do when they have their, they've obviously agreed to have this Vince as their cover story and get Vince to cooperate. So, I mean, you know, I mean, who knows? I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it, that's the hard thing is that, you know, you know, Vince is the guy. So, I mean, if he's saying it, it's hard. You know, I mean, we can say, oh, we'll see him punk said otherwise or here's this or that. But I mean, who knows? Things are constantly evolving and changing. Um, and I, and I, I mean, I think honestly, it's on a per, it's on a per situation basis and a per talent basis. It's, you know, obviously if they, they need this talent really bad. I think it's probably like, all right, well, we'll give you the time off, but can you get us to this point? You well, know? And, and again, too, it's like, you know, if I'm Braun Strowman here, it's like, you know, you've got heat on you for this WrestleMania spot. Now you're injured, but they want you to work. I mean, do you want to risk the chance of like not working right. while you've got this heat right. on you? You know, that's a weird right. problem to have. Right. Absolutely. So uh, anyway, in this variety piece here, again, Vince doesn't do a lot of these. So uh, a couple other notes coming out of it. He noted in the interview that WWE talent will appear on other Fox programming, which uh, is cool. I'd love to see like a Bob's Burgers crossover with WWE. I would love that. 
Um, he also notes that they are open for business in regards to WWE possibly being bought out by another entity or uh, another entity buying part of WWE. Um, nothing too groundbreaking here. Anything grab you coming out of those two uh, notes there? No, I mean, he said that, but I've heard him say that before, uh, that they're open for business and, and, you know, that, that, you know, and which always makes you think like, you know, really like other than Disney, like, you know, who, who, who really, who really, you know, is so keen on the live event business that would have and have the money to, and I, I don't know. I, I, I just can't picture the McMahons, the McMahons have had this company have had, have had majority control of this company for, you know, you know, over over half of a century. I, I just I can't ever see them relinquishing majority control. So I see Tony Khan doing the Vince McMahon promo the night he bought WCW, and he's got his hands there, and he's like, "I hold it now. I own the whole pro wrestling universe now." Different to be a twist. All right, then. Next news. Wells Fargo Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, they've been advertising a couple matches for Extreme Rules on July twenty, or July 14th. Um, they had already advertised Drew McIntyre versus AJ Styles. That has not changed. But the other matches that they had advertised have all uh, uh, shuffled. Uh, the match now that they are advertising for Extreme Rules, and again, take these with a grain of, grain of salt, uh, Randy Orton versus Kevin Owens versus Kofi Kingston for the WWE title. Uh, there's also a tables match for the Universal title, advertising Baron Corbin and Seth Rollins, and a one-on-two handicap match, Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon and Elias. Uh, when I looked at this, all I could think about, uh, all I could look at and think uh, was that tables match there between Baron Corbin and Seth Rollins. That's how they put the title on Sheamus <laughs> that one time with John Cena. And I, I don't know. I think they'd do it. You know why? I mean. Uh, you know? yeah, that's that's possible. That's possible. I also took away from this that uh, if 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 this if this card stays accurate, that it would seem to me you know, obviously that Shane and Roman are going to continue to have a problem. That it would, that um, I could see you know it seems like it seems like there maybe you know Romans had you know, again the the Roman cheers have 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 kept you know they haven't the 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 overwhelming booze that he would get from that portion of the crowd has not really crept back up um, since he's returned, which is good I'm sure for them. So it seems like their formula, hey, you know, going up against a McMahon can always, you know, McMahons can always get heat and you can always look like a baby face if you're going against a McMahon. So it looks like I could see them building to a SummerSlam showdown of Roman and Shane and, you know, some, you know, obviously, you know, Shane's always known to do his crazy things. That, 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 that to me, if the card stays, if they're doing that in July of a two-on-one with Shane and Elias versus Roman, I could see that building to a, you know, finally a one-on-one at SummerSlam. Second week in a row, by the way, with multiple Shane McMahon segments on SmackDown. Uh, so I really think that they're trying to feature him a lot more to, to hopefully, you know, they, like you said, the McMahons drive ratings traditionally. Um, but I was a little I was a little surprised to see him actually wrestling on SmackDown last night. I mean, I can't even think of the last time I saw I've seen Shane on a non-pay-per-view having a match. Yeah, it was a good treat for the London crowd. Um and I and I said this last night uh, on, on the post SmackDown. I, he needs to, you know, Shane is a Shane is athletic, and it's awesome how how in shape and how good he looks for his for. I mean, he's in his forties now. But him doing the coast to coast, the RVD thing, he he keeps coming up. I mean, it's it's a lot. It's twenty. It's twenty feet. I get it, it's a long way. He he's come up short the last couple of times he's done it. He he has to really stretch that those those that that final. Uh, he really got to stretch to try to hit him in the chest, and he he came up I think more hitting in the in the waist wrist area. Uh, when he did it on, on Tuesday and, and he does it and he stretches out to try to make sure he makes contact with his opponent and he keeps uh, banging the back of his head off the off the mat. And that is such an unforgiving part of the ring right there near the apron. Um, he needs to I think he needs to cool it on that move. Uh, 
DJ Z, a.k.a. Michael Paris, a.k.a. Zima Ion, has officially reported to the WWE Performance Center. Very happy. Hardworking guy. Deserves a spot. Nice seeing him there alongside his friend Robbie E. He'll be great in NXT. Main roster, who knows? But great in NXT. Any other thoughts? Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, he's obviously great. He's from here. He's uh, IWC Wrestling. He was a big, big trainer here, big part of our success here. And uh, it was great. IWC Wrestling got a... A uh, nice shout out in the WWE.com uh, article that announced that he had reported, um, and, and noting that you know he cut me you know, noting people like Adam Cole and, and others who have won the Super Indie title here, uh, as 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 DJZ did as uh, Shima Zion. Uh, Shima. So yeah, Shima. great for him. Yeah, he'll be great. I'm very happy to see him there. Wonderful guy. Uh, Bray Wyatt uh, took to Twitter to apologize to Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins over the atrocities he has committed against them. He offered to be the third S.H.I.E.L.D. member if they want to put the group back together. <laughs> and he also apologized to John Moxley, at John Moxley, for what he did. I, I love it. I love it. I, this starts This starts the uh, going go around and terrorize people. I can't wait for Bray Wyatt to be walking around Dolph Ziggler style, shaking everybody's hands. Hey, hey, you want to hang out with me? You want to go? You want to get a drink after the show? And they're like, uh, I don't know, man. I'm a little busy. And he's like, what do you mean? What do you mean you're, bu- you're busy? You want to hang out? You want to be my friend? And then, then, then he becomes a terrifying clown person. It's going to be over nothing. It's going to be great. <laughs> nothing. Video Game Chronicle reports that Ukes, the parent company of 2K, will begin production of another pro wrestling game. I think this story is kind of interesting. The game is intended to create internal competition at Ukes that pushes their 2K series to do better and grow. He, the, the, the president here in the piece basically talks about how they feel they become stagnant with their 2K games. This new game, this other non-WWE pro wrestling game, is going to have fantasy elements and other features that have traditionally not been included in WWE games. This sounds awesome, and kudos to the management of Ukes for thinking outside the box and doing something like this. I can't see how this doesn't yield better games for, for pro wrestling fans. Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, I haven't played a uh, wrestling video game probably in 10 years, uh, at least. Um, so I'm a little out of the game. I can't speak too much more on like what, what the latest 2Ks have looked like for WWE, but I know that they're all the rage usually by the, the gaming community when they come out. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, who knows? Maybe another year or two. Maybe we'll uh, be, there'll be the AEW will be in the uh, video game market. Yeah, and you know, I think about all the like off-brand pro wrestling games. I think there was a Def Jam wrestling game in the 90s and stuff like that. They were all like super fun to play. So another kind of novelty wrestling game out there that's well-produced would be very cool. But ultimately, if they if they stumble across things while thinking outside the box and creating this other game that can uh, hook other people like us that really have fallen out of video games, I'd be interested to see what they come up with here. I just thought this was a cool article. Kudos, you. Yukes. Uh, and lastly here, at Warrior Wrestling 5, I was doing commentary for Warrior Wrestling 5 this past Sunday, and I'm doing I'm calling the match here, Justin. And uh, there was a – you know Sam Adonis, right? Brother, I know Sam well, yeah. Bro- brother of Corey Graves. He's having a match with uh, this guy Pat Monix, now Project Monix here from Chicago, and the, it's a you know grudge match here. They get a little hardcore. Monix hits Sam Adonis with the chair, and um, I didn't really we didn't really see what happened in the booth, but what we did realize is that Sam Adonis was very unhappy. The referee tried to stop the match. The chair had basically poked him right above the eye. Uh, we have a photo you can go see that Sam sent to us over on the site right now. Brutal. Had to go to the hospital for stitches. But the referee tries to stop the match, Robert King. Sam decides that that is not a good idea. Uh, he's very upset with Pat, who he thought was you know reckless with the chair shot there, and proceeds to just beat the crap out of him with a chair, a couple punches to the face. Turns out after the fact, some footage was found afterwards that showed that like Pat hit him with the chair, 
And as he went to throw the chair down, like Sam's foot hooked the chair and like pulled the chair into his face. So it was like a fluke accident. So everybody, you know, there was a very heated confrontation in the locker room afterwards as Sam Adonis basically looked like his eyeball was gone. Um, but everybody now, having seen all the footage, is is uh, is fine, and there's no heat between anybody. But uh, I just wanted to tell this story because, you know, you've been in a lot of pro wrestling locker rooms. I like to give the fans an idea of, you know, sometimes what can happen there. And uh, I w- I had, uh, Sam was very upset. And we could, I mean, he, he, he beat this kid pretty bad in the ring. Uh, for what he thought happened there, you know? Yeah, and I've been in a locker room with Sam many a times. He's a very professional guy. And, Super uh, professional. and, and so for him, to, you know, and he, he, yeah, I, I watched the footage. He, in the heat of the moment and the adrenaline going and not knowing what happened, all you know is that your eyes freaking bleeding is, uh, he, he, he let into the kid and I can't, I mean, you know, it was what it was. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, glad, glad everything's fine, but I got to say this kudos to the referee for at least trying to handle the situation. If only that referee was the referee, of the silver King uh, match, silver King might Thank be alive. You. Thank you. And that referee's name is Robert King. He's a twin. Uh, his brother was a, a WWE referee and, uh, Justin King, I believe is his name. And, uh, he, yeah, Robert King did the absolute right thing. We, I don't see enough of that in independent wrestling where the referee steps in and goes, you're very badly injured. I'm stopping this match. I mean, Sam did what I think a lot of indie wrestlers would do which is see the match through. But I, I uh, Justin, what you just said about Silver King is exactly what I thought when I saw Robert King. So book Robert King. He'll make sure your wrestlers get taken care of. That's yeah. yeah. That, that can't, that, that too, too, too far, too many times is overlooked, but, but great job, Robert King. My guest at this time was a former WCW world heavyweight champion. He was also in Cody Rhodes corner at all in and will be appearing at StarCast 2, running a DDPY seminar the morning of Double or Nothing. It's Diamond Dallas Page. Dallas, thank you very much for taking the time to chat today. Uh, good to have you on. Looking forward to heading back to Vegas. Do a little DDP over workshop there. Uh, you know, we're going to have a great time. We've already got a good crowd signed up, so it's going to be pretty. The energy will be amazing. What do you, uh, so how, do, how many people are going to be a part of this? What can people expect from your, uh, your seminar the morning of the 25th? I have a it's kind of crazy because I always have like a hundred people, you know, or more. I've, the last got it all in when we did it in Chicago, it broke the previous record. It was actually 169 people working out at the same time. So there'll be around a hundred people in Vegas, I'm sure. Um, and, uh, you know, when I'm doing a workshop, you know, or seminar, same thing. Um, it's inspiration meets perspiration. You know, the first, half hour, 20 minutes, half hour is I'm, I'm, I'm getting people, you know, I'm doing an inspirational talk and, you know, showing people how they, I just wrote a book recently called positively unstoppable, yeah. the art of owning it. And, you know, it's everywhere. Books are sold. Uh, I always tell everybody to go to amazon.com and check it out if they want to get it. And they can actually, you know, you can read the first chapter and, you know, and see where I'm going with it. It's a super inspirational book that isn't just about my life. It's about how people can own it themselves because the art of owning it is all about that inner voice that, you know, that you can, the story you tell yourself is everything. And that's what I help people like really form and really start to believe in themselves. It's a, it's a whole different level of confidence and uh, it changes people's lives. Did you see the resurrection of Jake the Snake? Of course. That uh, documentary? Oh, uh, that's the perfect example of someone, you know, Jake Roberts or Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, turning their lives around. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, it, that's another example of what's possible. 
And that's what I'm trying. When I do a workshop, I'm trying to get people so inspired that they feel like they can run through a brick wall. Then I'm going to, you know, get them, you know, teach them how to breathe. I'm going to teach them how to, my, what I call my diamond dozen, which are the, you know, the main moves that we'll be using in this workout. And what I explain to everybody, anyone at any level can do the workout. Yeah. You know, I, I call it DDPY now. You know, DDP Yoga is the name of the company, but I call it DDPY now, and I'm branding it that way. Why? Because I, I'm trying to get people to stop calling it just yoga because mm-hmm. it's not. It's like, if anything, it's yoga for people who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, like our, our group, the people that will be there, it'll be like probably 70% guys, you know, which is fascinating when you, if you walk into a yoga class, it's 93% women. Yeah. You know, DDP yoga, you know, DDPY, a whole different animal. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to show people how to do what I call dynamic resistance think time under tension, like engaging is flexing as you move from one position to another helps every time that you flex or engage a muscle, your heart has to be faster to get the blood to the muscle. So what I created, DDPY is a kick-ass cardiovascular workout that will dramatically increase your flexibility, strengthen your core in a whole different level, all with minimal joint impact. Again, so anyone can do it at any level. And after I teach everybody how to do Diamond Dozen, then we'll go into a workout. And I take selfies with everybody, individual pictures, and I take a big group picture. And it's just, a, it's, it's an awesome happening. Anybody who's interested in going, go to DDP Yoga Workshops with an S, ddpyogaworkshops.com, and it'll get you tied right in. I love the phrase awesome happening. That's great. Um, I know that you're down in Atlanta. I know Cody's down in Atlanta. Can we anticipate seeing Cody, other AEW stars, uh, warming up their day doing DDPY with everyone? Well, I don't know if you'll catch them for the work, because that's the day of the show, yeah. you know, but, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the boys are doing it. You know, WWE, you know, I'd, I'd say probably, you know, I, I watched uh, Raw, um, I watched it last week, you had the, uh, you know, um, you got um, Ricochet, who's getting a monster push because the people are really with him. He not only does my program, he came here to the DDP Yoga Performance Center and worked out with me. And it, he, he also brought um, um, the Vikings. Um, oh, yeah. My, my, I only know by his real name, Todd. The one with the big, with the, with the crazy hair and the beard, mm-hmm. he came. And Raymond's been doing it for, you know, his his uh, his partner, uh, his tag team partner. Those guys have been doing it for the last five years. And uh, then I look at, uh, I see that um, Becky out there. Becky doesn't do the program, but the woman who came down to, you know, to lay lay a beating on her, uh, Lacey Evans, has been doing my program for over two years. Huh. And she's getting a hell of a push out there. And then I, I, there was like nine different guys who I saw in Raw that all, you know, Drew McIntyre. You know, he, he drove seven and a half hours from Tampa to Atlanta to do two private workouts with me on two different times. Um, now he just flies in on the way home. And, uh, you, know, we, you know, I'm always trying to come up with different ways to do the program so you never get bored with it, but it's also strengthening. It's not just like stretching. 
you know, DDPY is stretching and strengthening muscles, ligaments, and tendons. That's why all these athletes are doing it now. So it helps prevent them from injury. Yeah. Well, I got to ask, since you said you watched Raw last week, you know, um, you know, last week's Raw was actually historically like the lowest rated Raw in a while. There's been a lot of talk about the creative direction of WWE at the moment. What did you what did you think of that show? What do you think of the current WWE creative product? Um, You know, I I appreciate the uh, a lot of the new guys and girls. Uh, Yeah, I think the women wrestling is is crazy at all time high. Um, I, I don't really understand the ratings, you know, when it, I, I, you know, I, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what, you know, what happens with AEW, you know, I thought, you know, back when WCW went against WWF, now WWE, yeah. um, you would have thought, you know, that the ratings, there was only a small, you know, 2.8 to 2.9 to 3.2 rating were always getting like, how are they going to split that up? But that's not what happened. The WCW fans came over too, and all of a sudden, you know, they just kept increasing the ratings. So I really don't, I don't really know, but I think that, you know, what's happening all the way around with wrestling and people's, um, you know, interested in, I think that it's going to help the business. You so you think that there's a chance that WWE could actually like get a rub off of AEW creating some noise and some interest in the in the market. Um, I don't know if I'd say that. I say because they're the they're the monster. They're the jugger, juggernaut. Yeah. Um, I think AEW is doing something completely different. You know, I think that um, you know it's not just your standard. Yeah, you know, WWE is very you know it's rated G. It's for families, and um, they're really not aiming for that. They're they're aiming for you know, an older market, really. And uh, I think what they're doing and what they've done so far, again, they still have, uh, you know, they got a ways to go, you know. Yeah. It's funny how they're already, people are calling them the second biggest wrestling organization when they haven't started TVs yet. Well, you know, so yeah. it's, it's going to be interesting. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, Cody's like my nephew. So I want to, I want to know, I think it's great for wrestling in general and it's definitely great for wrestlers yeah because you know you know sports entertainment when there's when there's one dominant force and there's nothing else that's you know you don't have to work as hard you know it's like coke and pepsi exploded because of coke and pepsi at that time when they were going against each other yeah you know it, uh, competition breeds, you know, it just, it, it, it makes things better. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited. Like I say I'm excited for the boys, you know, and people always say, man, do you miss it? Yeah, a little bit, but not really, <laughs> you know, I, and, and to watch the way these kids work today. I mean, they are athletes at a different level, like Ricochet. I use him as an example. Yeah. Um, AJ Styles, um, um, Hangman Page, um, you know they're athletes at a different level. Like they, uh, Kenny Omega, you know, what I mean, like the stuff that they can do with their bodies and the punishment they can take. Like the Young Bucks, man. I mean, I, I watch their matches. I get sore watching the matches. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know these guys for the fans and the fans. What I, what I really do love about the fans in general. And, you know, the, the WWE's ratings may not be at the highest right now, um, but the core base fans 
never go anywhere, you know, because they're loyal. And um, they, you know, a lot of them want something different. And that's where, you know, AEW fits that void. And I think ROH, you know, Ring of Honor, I think they give something different. I think New Japan gives something different. I think they all have their own little niche. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for me, wrestling, it's not, it's not a better time to be a wrestler right now, except for when I was doing it. Because, you know, when I, when, and when I say, but it's, it's a better time, because when we were doing it, it was red hot. But also, it created more money to be made, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because if anybody needs to be taken care of, it's the wrestlers, because, you know, we don't have any of the unions or any of, you know, the stuff that retirement built in or any of that stuff that all the, uh, every, everything else has, you know, from the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, they've all got that, you know, we yeah. don't. Yeah. Uh, here, I, I'm so sure I could do another half hour with you, Dallas. I swear. I love talking to you, but uh, I, I'll ask you, you know, you, you called Cody like a nephew to you, right? Obviously you're very close with the Rose yeah. family. Uh, you're getting to watch Cody right now transition into being a booker and a promoter. How does he compare to his dad in that capacity? Well, you know, you can't compare um, a young man who's just starting out in, you know, in this spot. Now he's been around, he's been at the, at the, uh, at the foot of the master, so to speak, yeah. you know, for many years. So he has a lot of instinctive stuff and he has a lot of knowledge, very, very smart young man. Um, but you know, when, when you think about Dusty, you think about Dusty in the eighties, nineties and 2000, there was like one of the greatest minds in the world for, for what we did. So you can't compare a young guy who's just starting out to, you know, to, it would be like comparing a kid who's in college, who's a pretty damn good player, uh, who's got a shot to go, you know, who's going to the pros to say someone like a Jim Brown or a you know, or, you know, Tom Brady or, you know, something like that. You know, he, he's still, he's going to learn a lot. And uh, I think he's got a good team. And, um, you know, I, I I see really good things for those guys. And I, I think, like I said, I think, I think the business is um, in a spot right now where, where maybe they wouldn't have got it, you know, a couple of years back. I think they're ready for it now. Okay. And I think that he's, uh his outlook on the business is uh, is is pretty cool and pretty unique. And again, it's not what the WWE is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, the WWE has their own niche. And you got to remember, wrestling is cyclical. You know, it comes up and goes down all the time. You know, it's kind of like the temperature. <laughs> so the WWE may not be at the highest ratings right now, but I think their TV looks good. And I think that their matches look amazing. Again, the, the punishment these kids put themselves through yeah. is mind-boggling. Yeah. You know, I, I was at all in last, you know, I guess it was last September, and I was sitting standing next to Jeff Jarrett, you know, another WWE Hall of Famer, and a, and a guy that I had some pretty damn good matches with. And I looked at him, and we were watching. I mean, these guys are doing just such high-impact, you know, matches. I just looked at him, and I go, man, I'm sort of glad that we're not, I'm, that I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> that's, I get sore watching these matches. And it might be because I'm older too. You know, if I was younger, I'd probably go you know, back in my 30s. You know, it, it would be different. But, you know, my whole run was in my 40s. Yeah. And I know I took a lot of bumps, 
but not like they do today, man. It's like, it's kind of like what the X Games brought in. You know, everything just got more extreme. You know, and thank God that they changed the way they hit each other in football because they are bigger, stronger, faster. Yeah. You know, and um, they, they, now that they're ma- making those guys take care of themselves, because I'm working with, you know, one of the things that DDP Yoga just, you know, on um, Super Bowl week of this year, we signed a partnership with the NFL alumni. And I'm working with a bunch of those guys who are retired football players. And those guys are beat up, hmm. you know, beat up big time. But again, my program is about healing, you know, these guys. And, you know, when it comes to, you know, DPY, I didn't develop it for weight loss. It just turned out to be an awesome side effect. You know, I've had people literally use hundreds of pounds, but, you know, in the big picture, it was never about that. It was about healing my body when I blew it out. And the thing that I love watching, like the same thing happened to Chris Jericho eight years ago. And he blew his back out. And they, you know, three different spine specialists, just like me, told me that his career was over. And I sent him a video of that disabled veteran. I helped walk again. And uh, he was like, dude, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. And uh, three months later, Chris was back headlining WrestleMania. And now he's uh, going to headline. He's going to headline Double or Nothing. Yeah. And the cat's going to be forty nine. He's he's not just headlining Double or Nothing. He's headlining New Japan's Dominion. He's battling for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship against Okada here pretty soon. That's insane. Yeah. You know. So. Great. Yeah. But again, I love it because you know Chris works in some different MMA training and stuff. But his base, his hardcore base. And he does, you know, three to four days a week is DDPY. Mm-hmm. And that's what keeps him in the ring. And you can listen to any podcast or anybody, you know, and he's going to tell you, you need to do the program, yeah. you know, because it's, it's, it's the fountain of youth. And like people for years, guys, I've been talking about this for coming up on 20 years. <laughs> you know? And it's finally making a real break. Like our numbers right now are insane, especially for this time of the year. You know, our numbers, you know, as a company, we are so far beyond our projections. Um, and it's just because people are telling people, like, you got to try this program. And the, and the great thing is, you know, you can, if you've never tried it, if you've never done it and you want to come to Vegas, you're going to be in Vegas. You're going to be there for uh, double or nothing. Well, that morning from 10 to 1, we're going to be there. And we're going to be doing it at StarCast, which is uh, my buddy Conrad Thompson puts on a hell of a deal, you know, with that whole StarCast phenomenon. So, uh, you know, get over there, check it out, see some of the boys. There'll be a lot of, uh, you know, legends there as well, you know, doing signings and autograph sessions. So uh, it's going to be a great weekend, Memorial Day weekend. May 25th, we're going to be doing the uh, DP Yoga Inspiration Meets Perspiration Double or Nothing Workshop. And uh, then after that, we're going to go over and going to see the show. Great job. Hey, thank you. Uh, Dallas, I want to thank you so much for the time today. Great chat. Looking forward to seeing you in Vegas. Anything you want to leave the fans with out there today? Um, you know, one thing, I, like I said earlier, I just wrote a book called Positively Unstoppable, The Art of Owning It. Go to Amazon. You can get it for like 16 bucks. And uh, 
it's it's a super powerful book. It really helps teach people how to own it, you know, and it is whatever you want it to be. So you can check that out. Or if you want to just check the app out, you want to check out DEP Yoga Now, the app, you can try it for seven days for free. Cost you nothing. But you're only going to find that deal on ddpyoga.com. So you want, if you're old school, you want the DVDs, we got all of those there too. But if you want the app, it's right there. And again, you can try it. Cost you nothing. Uh, bro, great talking to you. And uh, I appreciate you calling me back and look forward to meeting you in Vegas. My guest at this time defeated Jordan Grace at Impact's Rebellion pay-per-view to retain her Impact Wrestling Knockouts Championship. It is Taya Valkyrie. Taya, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. Of course. I'm happy to speak to you guys. Now, uh, let's start here. Yeah, the match at Rebellion here. What was it like to be in the ring with a powerhouse like Jordan Grace? Um, well, this is now, I believe, the third time that I've stepped into the ring with Jordan Grace, um, first being in Las Vegas and then in the mixed tag in Windsor. Um, it was uh, Obviously, it has its challenges, but I've you know defeated many a competitor in the past, and this wasn't any different, and I was able to get the victory, and now she went from being an undefeated knockout to being a defeated one. Yeah. Now, that's the thing is, you know, you were the first one to give Jordan here a defeat and impact. You, Like you pointed out, you know, you guys have faced off a couple times in different ways. Um, do you see her as someone remaining in your knockout championship picture for the moment? I believe that the that every knockout right now has the championship in mind. So absolutely, I'm prepared to if she wants to face me again. You know, you she can have her her rematch if she if she earns it because that's what I'm a you know like that's this is what it is. You know, as a champion, you have to be prepared that people are going to come after you. The target is on my back, um, and uh, let's see what happens moving forward. You know, I've seen a lot of people on social media saying some very nice things about the knockouts division right now that you are currently the queen of the mountain of in. Um, do you hear these? What do you think about being a part of this kind of very vibrant time for women's wrestling and impact? I believe that on impact, the thing that sets us apart is like really every single one of us has a storyline and an angle going forward, you know? And so we're all being showcased in different ways. I mean, look at rebellion. There were three different matches with women involved. Yeah. That is a huge deal. And on our weekly television show as well, everybody has their place. And I think that that is really important to, to feel the importance of each and every one of us and the potential that each and every one of us has to carry her own, her own storyline. So um, I'm very proud to be part of that and to be, you know, the top of it at this time. Yeah, I mean, do you feel the momentum inside of Impact right now? I mean, I just, I really thought Rebellion was a great show. Like you pointed out, I'd say two and a half women's matches, to be fair here on the show. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, you know, do you feel that? Do you feel that momentum? It does really feel like Impact has found a groove as of late. Absolutely. I feel from from what you guys see of us, you know, in the ring to everything going on backstage, I feel like the energy and the momentum and the the way people are all working together, the openness to ideas, the way that we're all motivated to create something absolutely different and special every single time. Um, and we're all equally as passionate about it. So it's really great to be part of something and reconstructing what is impact wrestling. And I feel like everything has been going in the right direction. Reconstructing what is impact wrestling. That's a great way to describe it. Um, you know, what did you, what did you think of the other all female match on the show? Tessa Blanchard, Gail Kim, very powerful moment at the end where they embraced, uh, after Tessa was able to pick up the victory. Like, why are we hugging? This is pro wrestling. 
<laughs> no, I thought it was a great match. Um, Gail Kim, I mean, is somebody that I've looked up to and continue to look up to for, for guidance and support and stuff. She just really was there at the forefront when women's wrestling was starting to, you know, when women's wrestling women's wrestlers were trying to rattle the cage and and make some noise and stuff and she was she did that in WWE and as well as TNA Impact and everything and she continues to be um an inspiration for all of us in the knockout soccer room so i think that was a really great moment for her and i mean i know what Tessa's potential is i've wrestled her many times so right. what else would you expect you know what i mean so i feel like every girl every woman that was involved on rebellion did an excellent job of portraying what they had to and entertaining that crowd and leaving people happy now, uh, sticking on Gail here for a second, you know, Gail looks great in this match here with Tessa. I mean, she came up a little short. She didn't get the victory here. But would you like to see Gail stay unretired maybe for a couple more matches? I only had the chance of wrestling Gail once. Um, I'm trying to think when was this. Maybe almost two years ago okay. at a show. And, I mean, I would absolutely love to face her again. I mean, that's a dream. Um, but it ultimately is up to her, and whatever she wants to do, I'll support. So, okay. um, Now, you talk about Gail in the, the women's locker room there. Talk to me a little about the impact that Gail has had from a backstage creative capacity on what is the mojo that the women's knockouts division has found in Impact Wrestling. I think that what makes Gail really special as um, an agent and as someone behind the scenes is that she's been there. She understands where we're coming from. She understands frustrations. She understands success. She understands, you know, us coming with ideas, if they be good or if they're bad, you know, she's always open to listening to us and really giving us that advice, not only in a professional standpoint, but a personal standpoint. And, uh, you know, I really respect her for continuing to, you know, be a badass and, you know, I just, anytime I have an issue, I know I can go to her. We all trust her very much, and she's just a very positive person to have backstage with us that we know has our support 120%. It's pretty rare to have, like, a strong female voice in the back like that, I feel. You know, I you know, I, I look over at... There w should be more of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pundit about that for a moment here. I mean, the fact that she really is kind of the only women, the woman in the room that does something like this, you know? Yeah, absolutely, and... uh you know, I think she is the best person for the job, and uh, I'm really glad to have her there. Yeah, and you would, I take it, like to see more women in the role of agents and things like that. Oh, absolutely. Why not? Yeah. If we've got more women's matches, if we've got more women in every aspect, in every profession right now, why not have another agent? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny. I was thinking the other day, I was like, I can't name one women's wrestling promoter. I couldn't think of one, you know? I don't know. That's actually really funny. Isn't that weird? That's can you weird. Can you think of any woman, can you think of a single women's wrestling promoter? No. This, <laughs> that's yeah. awful. Oh my gosh, that's so awful. You got to start a promotion. That's what I'm saying. Tonight. Oh my gosh, that's just like that just seems like so much work. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know the other the other woman on the show uh, that had a match here with Scarlett Bordeaux. Uh, took on Rohit Raju. You know, there's been a trend here with Scarlett matches where there's like some misogyny leading into the bouts here. You know, you had it with Glenn Gilberti. Now you hit it with Rohi Raju. What do you think about you pushing those buttons leading into matches like this? Um, I don't have a problem with it at all. I think that wrestling has never been known for being calm and quiet and collected. <laughs> um, I mean, people want controversy. People want to be made uncomfortable. People want to see things that they didn't expect. And I think that that's what's happening uh, with Scarlett. And, uh, you know, Whatever works, and this is working, so good good honor. Yeah, um, and, you know, this was an intergender bout here, her and, and Rohit. You know, it's become pretty commonplace here in Impact now that you guys have intergender 
wrestling matches, intergender tag team matches. What do you? What, would you ever put the knockouts title on the line against a man? Absolutely. I have zero problem doing it. Um, if you look back on, for example, the history of the Reina de Reina, the Reina de Reina's title in AAA, the Queen of Queens title, um, it also was held by Pimpinela Escarlata and has been put on the line with men before in the past. So I don't understand why uh, the knockouts title couldn't be doing that too. Okay. So everyone knows that I have faced many a man in the ring before, be it Lucha Triple Lucha Libre Triple A, be it Lucha Underground, and I have absolutely no problem doing it in Impact. Okay, cool. Well, first of all, that's I kind of felt dumb. I was like, this may be a dumb question, but I'm glad you gave me like a, a real answer, and that's really cool that you would do that. Which gets to lead mm -hmm. me, which opens the door to my follow up question here. Uh, your husband, Johnny Impact, you know, he lost the the Impact World Championship to Brian Cage at Rebellion, mm -hmm. right? Would mm -hmm. you? be interested in avenging your husband, maybe in a, a title versus title match with Brian Cage? Absolutely. Listen, I have my own history with Mr. Brian Cage, the so-called machine. So I have absolutely no problem facing off after him, like towards him. You know, we have some years of history and animosity against each other. And uh, I would absolutely love to face mr brian cage in a match okay cool so you're you you like the idea of title because you know it, when it hit me that i was like you know there's this seems like it could this could resolve a lot of things if we could just get you guys in the ring that's very cool i love that idea i hope absolutely comes... please see exhibit a season two luch underground where i took him on yeah <laughs> because it's been done before and i have no and uh, i know that i Myself, I'm a completely different person than I was when we wrestled that first time, and I know Brian is as well. I believe I was the first woman to ever face Ryan, Brian in, a, uh, in an intergender match. So let's do it again. Why not? Okay. And, uh, you know, I did bring up, you know, how your husband, you know, he, he did lose the title. Has it, has it, like, affected him, your relationship at all now that, you know, you are still a champion and, you know, he is no longer uh, the champion? Johnny Impact will be a champion of my heart forever. So uh, it doesn't matter to me, but I know that it has made him really upset. But at the same time, it's just motivation to get back to the drawing board and see how we get that championship back to where it belongs, which is with us. Well, I would imagine you would think that the X Division title is, is up for grabs for men and women as well, based on the way this has been going. But what do you think about the idea of defending the Knockouts title in an Ultimate X match? Would you be interested in a women's Ultimate X bout? Why not? I mean, has I don't even think that's ever been done before. So, you know, I'm always up for for chasing after things that are unexpected and different and complicated or that people are like, that's, there's no way that can happen. Well, guess what? Ty is doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so I absolutely would be up for doing something like that um, or coming up with our own version of it. I don't know. Um, you know, I'm here to rattle the cage and fluff feathers. So let's go. Like, I'm ready to to make people uncomfortable, do different things, have matches that people talk about. And I believe the entire roster from the men and the women is just an incredible amount of talented people right now. So I am absolutely down for it. Yeah. And you know, you talk about it, it is a pretty deep bench right now. You guys have an impact, you know, not just on the men's side, but the women's side, it's a pretty vibrant time. Uh, you know, it's a very vibrant time for you guys. Like I've said, you know, LAX Lucha Brothers, they headlined Rebellion. That was a tag title match. Do you, would you be interested in a women's tag title division now? 
I would totally love that. I think that it would be another different way of showing off the talent that we have in the knockouts roster. And I mean, I don't also don't understand why, like, for example, me and Johnny Impact can't go after those tag titles. LAX, here I am looking at you. <laughs> uh, I mean, we did face uh, the Lucha Brothers uh, uh, during WrestleMania weekend, so we, and we did defeat them. So you never know what can happen in the future. Man, just you're putting all the belt, all the gold over your shoulders here. The deeper we get into Why this. Why not? Game. Hello. I've never been known for aiming low. Like, I just go for it all 100%. So, so why not? I'm going to have to join OVE the way you're taking over everything here, the way this conversation is going. I just wanted to kind of wrap up here um, with kind of just a, a, a question. I think it was uh, – I actually did talk to, to Rohit Raju, I think uh, it was yesterday or so. And, uh, you know, he, he said that he thought that the women's revolution has brought us to a point where he really does genuinely think – that we've found kind of a level playing field with the men and the women where they're, they're pushing each other and they're both kind of firing on the same level of cylinders. Do you think that's the case or do you think there's more room still to go for, for the women's revolution in pro wrestling? Um, I believe that we're, there is still room to grow. I believe that we are, we're almost there, but we're not a hundred percent there. And I said this in an interview earlier today, like there's still things that, that aren't that aren't fair and that are equal um and i mean i don't necessarily think it's happening on on tv products such as for example impact or wwe or what will soon be aew um because i do feel like they've all been giving women the, uh, an opportunity to shine and everything like that i just feel like sometimes on the indies that women are overlooked a lot i mean there's companies like rise and shimmer who have been you know taking it on themselves to really grow women's wrestling. And they've done that and given all these new aspiring stars an opportunity to shine and, and grow and, and everything. And I just feel like sometimes there's still, you know, promotions on the indies that don't have a women's match on the card, or if they do, it's five minutes and it's, it's whatever, you know what I mean? They were not high. We're not showcased in the way that we deserve to be showcased. So I invite the whole world of indie wrestling to prove me wrong and to, allow women to shine. There's so many girls right now that are just getting into the business that really need an opportunity to work and to learn from people, from others and people like me and whatever, you know what I mean? So give us an opportunity, give them an opportunity, put more than one, sh- one girl's match on your card and let us show you that we too can draw and we too are good enough to be on that card. Well said. And find more women agents, right? I mean, it's Gail yes. Kim, and then I think Dana Warrior's got a, a hand in creative elsewhere right and now. And Sarah Stock, uh-huh. who's a very good friend of mine. She's on WWE. There you go. She's an agent as well, so there you go. <laughs> but that's three, people. Come on. More women agents. Yeah. And let's find a women wrestling promoter. Let's get a woman in the power seat here. That's my next time you know. Next thing you know, I've just like started some like wear a loca promotion in, <laughs> in California. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, this is a great chat, Taya. Uh, do you want to send people to find you, follow you anywhere on social media here to wrap it up? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Everybody, I invite you to follow me on social media on Facebook.com slash Taya Valkyrie and on Instagram and, and Twitter, it is at the Taya Valkyrie. Thank you, Justin, for joining me at the top of the show. Thank you to DDP. Thank you to Taya Valkyrie. Um, I want to let you guys all know, of course, DDP was talking about StarCast 2 Wrestling Inc. We're going to be putting on a hootenanny at StarCast 2. It's going down Friday, May 24th at 2.30 p.m. Uh, at the Tuscany Suites and Casino on the podcast movement stage. Again, I've been talking with Raj. We're going to have fun guests. We're going to be uh, having fun conversations. We're going to have uh, a microphone for you all out there to ask us questions. You know, if you want to ask us 
you know, about the, the world of pro wrestling, the state of pro wrestling, or if you want to ask us questions about how we do our job or questions you have if you are looking to break into the world of pro wrestling journalism, come on out. You, we'll have a live mic there for you. You can talk to us. We're going to play some games. We're going to give away some prizes. Uh, one of those prizes will for sure be our new T-shirt, the Jack Journalist shirt, which you can go over and buy at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wrestling Inc. We've also got our Old School Wrestling Inc. logo shirt over, over there as well. Um, you can find us over on iTunes. Go over to our iTunes page. Five-star ratings. Nice comments. Always appreciated. Feel free to leave a fart joke. Uh, also, the Ringside Wrestling app, it's free to download. You can find us uh, or me and Raj Geary every Friday with a video version of the Winkly. Ringside Wrestling app, free to download. Uh, create a free account. There's a chat room. It's great. The video is very high quality. You'll love it. Join us Fridays, 2 p.m. Central for that show. Uh, tomorrow on this show, the Winkly, two more guests to wrap the week up. I, you know, when we started doing two guests a show, I was like, there's no way we will be able to sustain this pace. Uh, but between the work that I do throughout the week and the work that Andy Malnoski and Scott uh, Fishman have been doing, we have been able to source more interviews out there. Heck, even even uh, Raj has a big interview I know coming up that we're going to air very soon on uh, on the Winkly here. But tomorrow on the show, we're going to have Mance Warner and Val Venus. What a pair. What a duo for our Thursday episode of the Winkly. Justin, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here to wrap up the show today? Check out WrestleRumble.com. It's a lot of fun for Money in the Bank this Sunday night. Go into WrestleRumble.com. You answer questions about who's going to win, uh, who's going to be the you know the, the first one to touch a briefcase, all kinds of fun things. And each question is worth points. Those who get the most points uh, wins the prizes. The prizes are listed uh, there, right there on the on the page on WrestleRumble.com. I think top prize is $500 cold hard American cash as and, and an NXT UK title belt. Uh, and the prize list and the money uh, continues to be listed on there. So a lot of fun. WrestleRumble.com. All right, and I am Nick Hausman at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us here today. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.